Last night was a three-hour meeting. The Springfield City Council Committee of the Whole, but that does not uh, sway us from giving you the Council Roundup here each and every Wednesday morning with Springfield's Morning News. I hear from people all over about the importance of the show because, well, not to ding the, uh, the local newspaper too hard, but... They don't have council coverage the night after or the, the morning after. Uh, we do. So uh, thanks for staying with us. It is the Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. Their downtown location now open for lunch, Head West Subs. Looks like the rain stopped around here at Riverton Ranch for the time being. But to remind you again, we've got severe weather in the forecast. Could see hail, possible tornadoes. Uh, so uh, batten down the hatches and get with your family with the emergency plan, all right? All right, let's get right into it. Last night's three-hour committee of the whole meeting, a lot to cover. Uh, dozens and dozens of ordinances. We're not going to be able to unpack everything, but some of the top-level issues dealing with funds being proposed for certain organizations and uh, some funds being approved, others being tabled, and we'll get to all of that coming up. But first, let's hear about your tax dollars. How much is in the bank? Here's Treasurer Misty Busher. After that's not Treasurer Misty Busher. This is Treasurer Misty Busher. The corporate fund in the month of March had a beginning balance of $48,558,030. We took in total receipts of $13,072,965. We had total disbursements in the month of March of $8,719,672, which left the corporate fund with an ending balance in the month of March of $52,911,323. Chair Williams, of that ending balance, the ending balance of the ARPA money included in that was $14,587,007. This concludes wow. my report, Chair Williams. So a lot of money there, a lot of uh, federal tax dollars, a lot of uh, local tax dollars. There are a lot of funds uh, that are in the uh, bank account for the city of Springfield. Uh, they also took time last night to honor a local school and some athletes from that school. Here's Mayor Jim Langfelder. Boys basketball day in the city of Springfield and call upon all citizens to recognize the 20 2021-2022 Christ the King Cougars and their coaches for their great achievement. Congratulations. All right, so always good to hear uh, recognition of uh, local youth and their sporting prowess. Uh, so thumbs up on that. Uh, now we get into some uh, other issues. Here's Alderman Joe McMiniman. Uh, he wanted to take a look at the contract report, which they don't focus on a lot, but he saw something in there that uh, he's gotten a lot of uh, people reaching out to about. So We've got one item on the uh, OBM contract reports, this treatment of 47 sweet gum trees. I think that's a highly popular um, yeah. activity. <laughs> and um, I think some of us are getting requests on how uh, constituents, property owners, uh, homeowners can get on the list to have their sweet gum trees treated with when they flower out so the sweet gums balls themselves don't form. I tell you, those sweet gum balls, uh, pain in everybody's foot. Uh, literally, it's just un, un, unnecessary. If, if there was a comment box for God, I would put in that uh, comment suggestion box, get rid of the sweet gumball trees. Uh, but this is an effort to try to do that. Here's Nate Bottom, Public Works Department. You, we did utilize a contractor in order to uh, to do that at this time, and you have to do it at the right time, and it is an annual treatment, and it doesn't totally eliminate the gumballs. It, it can reduce it up to 60%. Wow. Uh, and I've seen pictures of this. They have, like, some weird uh, juice they put into the base of the around the base of the tree or something. I don't know. Uh, how much does it cost, though? 
you know, yeah. is around two fifty. However, I estimate it's approximately two thousand dollars a tree potentially to have removed, especially with the size of the gumballs trees. Um, However, uh, we, we did want to test out the, this, this method so we don't necessarily have to remove them. However, and also we're, we're battling the, the emerald ash borer disease, so, so we're, we don't have the capacity necessarily to do it in-house, so we would have to probably contract that at this time. So this is an option, uh, $250 versus trying to take a tree down for $2,000. So uh, interesting to hear about that. Maybe we get a report on uh, the, the sweet gumball tree nectar or whatever they're doing. <laughs> Some kind of treatment. I don't know. I'm not a botanist or a biologist or a plantologist or whatever they call. Them. Uh, uh, but I have seen, you know, uh, some pictures of people sharing on social media saying, "Oh, hopefully this this does the trick." But if they can knock down the amount of gumballs by like 60 plus percent, hey, all right, more power to them. All right, next up, they start tackling a just dozens and dozens of ordinances last night at the three-hour Springfield City Council meeting. For Southtown Construction and Bone Training Center, utilizing the city's community development block grant funds in the amount not to exceed $400,000 for the Office of Planning and Economic Development. So $400,000 to the Southtown Construction Group. Uh, Calvin Pitts was there. He presented a good, thorough pre presentation about what he plans to do with this, to train local uh, youth, to get them into the trades, to give them uh, courses on financial literacy, uh, to help get them uh, the proper documentation they need when it comes to uh, vehicles or uh, certifications to work on and rehab homes uh, and really set them up for success in the future. Uh, and he laid it out there. I mean, he's got a pretty solid plan that he has. Uh, and uh, ultimately, you had questions for uh, Calvin Pitts uh, after he presented what he plans on doing with these grant dollars, $400,000, uh, to be able to spur on more uh, tradespeople. And I'll tell you, I I've talked to tradespeople. They say they don't have enough of them uh and that's causing prices to go up uh because if a handyman for instance uh is booked uh trying to get another handyman is going to be uh, uh, the price is going to go up uh so you can see that uh, there's definitely a shortage this could help pitts says uh but some questions of course from alderman it's a lot of money it is a lot of money but uh alderman mcminiman starting the line of questioning here Mr. Pitts, you're going to rehabilitate three properties, correct, that are dilapidated. And how many, uh, do you how many individuals do you expect to train? Uh so in this, this cohort with the budget we have, we're going to train 10 individuals for 40 hours. Originally, I said 20 individuals, uh, and they were going to work 20-hour weeks. But, you know, with um, you know, COVID and they're talking about how things could be escalating and uh, the space that we're working on now in now, um, I think that if we could have a full 40-hour week for 10 individuals, I think it would be uh, definitely uh, a good good choice at this point. So uh, he continued to talk about uh, various aspects and the importance of getting this program uh, funded to to uh, train youth in in the trades. And uh, you know there 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 obviously are some needs there. Uh, again, as I said, when I talk to tradespeople, they say that there's a shortage of workers. Some people just don't want to work. Uh, which blows me away. Uh, but uh, here's more of uh, Calvin kind of laying out there some of his thoughts. The difference between my program and Lincoln Land's program is they have uh, probably a $5 million budget, you know, and, and they have uh, a lot of 
uh, support. And he also mentioned uh, there are other programs out there as well uh, that deal with different sets of uh, people, getting them back and acclimated with the uh, the workforce. Uh, but another point that Calvin makes. And I point uh, things out because I do want to see uh, the minorities grow in our labor trades, but I want to see, um, you know, we in order for that to happen, we're going to have to see change. Is, so. Isn't that the isn't that the goal of Mr. Bishop's program is to enhance, for enhancing uh, minority participation? No relation. Yeah, again, I haven't studied it, but Mr. Bishop's a great guy and he's no doing place. great things. So, no relation. Um, yes, <laughs> I, I don't knock that, but I I tell you that if Mr. Bishop trained and he got 20 people into the union this year, I think that would be absolutely awesome. But I think that we could use 20 more. So he's uh, pushing for these funds uh, separate from um, William Bishop's program and separate from LL. LC's program, uh, and uh, it would be just another avenue. Uh, we'll get to another uh, question here after the break that uh, was brought up, discussed briefly, and then brought up at the tail end of the meeting as well. It's right here on WMAY. I'm Greg Bishop with the Council Roundup on 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. <laughs> night calvin pitts is up he's looking for four hundred thousand dollars to help fund a program to train youth to get involved in the building trades and uh getting some questions from alderman uh alderman mcminniman asking some questions about uh you know how this is all going to play out uh, and then all of a sudden you get alderman redpath asking a variety of questions about uh the communications that he's had with unions uh and in particular he uh, drops this on everybody at the Springfield City Council. I have a letter sitting in front of me from the Central Illinois Labor's Pension Fund that says that you owe them $4,409 for um, pension, welfare, and annuity funds. Can you explain that? So Pitts uh, provides his response. And again, this is the Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. After getting an auditor to make me understand the language and how uh, to cipher through it, I went through the audit and I um, actually overpaid the pension fund, $10,700. Um, I called their attorney uh, just last Friday because I told him that I was going to be presenting this week and he sent me a letter back uh, stating that uh, the thing is the, the um, uh, response is in the hands of a different attorney at this point and it's been over two months since I've sent my response which is out of the time that um individuals usually respond but I so he uh ultimately you know we putting out have, there that um have. you know he's got uh he's got some unanswered questions from the auditors as well on all of this uh and uh we'll hear more about this coming up but uh, alderwoman conley had a question about uh if he's going to be working on properties the city owns uh who's got liability on this we will your have, so we will have yes liability insurance for all the projects yes ma'am we anything okay. that i do we will Okay, thank, thank you very much. Okay. <clears throat> we don't want nobody hurt, though. No, I don't either, and I, I'm glad you're doing safety. I, I appreciate the, the, you know, the, the personal protection equipment and, you know, and, and that you're, obviously that's a part of the training, but you know we've got to be, yeah, that, I mean, you're talking the, about working on city-owned property, so I, yeah. we want to Outside sure. of self-care, that's probably the biggest part. I'm you know, sure so. it is. Yes, ma'am. I've lifted a hammer before. I think it's a good thing to do. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think anybody wants to get hurt working on these properties. Um, but uh, continuing on here, Hanauer has a, uh, a question about a possible conflict of interest. I want to make sure we're not getting into, into any issues and getting, you know, Calvin into issues. He's on our housing uh, board or something like that. Can people that are on boards and commissions are they allowed to accept um, money from the city? And I think that's something we probably need to look at because. To me, it does kind of give them an unfair advantage over other people. So Pitts responds, hey, this board really hasn't even met. If you don't mind, I'll comment on the Housing Advisory Board. Um, it was a board that I was appointed on. I will let you know that uh, to date that has been an inactive board. We have not had one board meeting, hmm. uh, so absolutely couldn't be any uh, favoritism showed uh, because of that appointment. Uh, like to see a report on all the boards and commissions uh, and, uh, you know, rates of meetings. Uh, are these people getting paid? Are they unpaid? Uh, what about staff involvement and so on? That's a different story for another day. Uh, but more from Calvin Pitts, who's looking for $400,000 from the city to help fund a, uh, um, a program to, to uh, get young people involved in the building trades. So you really need, I, I really hope that you guys will think outside the box, get some things moving that hasn't been moving because the things that has been moving and the systems that we have been going by have our numbers under 1% represented wow. in the construction industry. So um, that's just my my thoughts on that. So uh, Alderman Sean Gregory, he wants to see this happen. Um, I think we should move forward with it. Um, I agree with, with Mr. Pitts on the urgency in our communities. Um, near and far, my community, all of us, we got bad houses everywhere that need to be fixed. That situation, we're talking about a million dollars. This is $4,000 versus um, substantial uh, movement for our communities. Uh, and he's talking about uh, how you remember the Ferguson Bill Booth building contractor had uh, an issue with uh, pension and health payments for the unions. That was like a million dollars. Pitts uh, allegedly owes 4000 uh, but uh, he seems to, uh, to kind of push back against some of that. Regardless of all of the discussion last night, and this lasted for a good uh, 45 minutes to an hour, uh, Alderman Redpath, uh, throws out the, this gem. Mr. Chairman, I move that we table this ordinance. Yeah, all right. So they moved to table the ordinance, and they did. Uh, the majority of the council tabled it. It would take eight votes to get it off the table, but they could possibly refile it and uh, have more debate on this. So um, we'll watch how that goes and actually revisit this a bit with some comments uh, from Teresa Haley at the tail end of the meeting. So stay tuned for that. Back with the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Getting through a three-hour meeting last night, and we got uh, just dozens and dozens of ordinances up for consideration. They tabled the ordinance of Calvin Pitts, a local contractor who's uh, also a trainer of young contractors. Uh, he was looking for $400,000 to fund a program, but uh, Alderman tabled that. Next up, you've got a request from the Springfield JCs. 22-153, an ordinance authorizing execution of a sponsorship agreement with the payment in the amount of $40,000 to Springfield JCs for the Capital City Celebration to be held downtown Springfield June 30th through July 4th, 2022 for the Springfield Convention and Visitors Bureau. So the Springfield JCs looking for money to put on a uh, 4th of July weekend event. And the uh, JCs were there. Here's one of their officials talking about the plans. 
Alrighty, so everybody here I'm sure is pretty familiar with the traditional downtown festival layout. We're of course going to have all of those usual staples like a giant kids area, inflatables, face painting, some wonderful vendors, food, drink, beers, whatever you want. But we also wanna really capture the spirit of Springfield we wanna do that especially by focusing on the history. We really wanna play into the History Comes Alive programming that will already be existing and help get people out there to really learn about Lincoln and learn about the wonderful history that our city holds. But we also wanna celebrate what's going on today. So we wanna have both a kids and dog patriotic pageant and then allow those winners to be the grand marshal of our 4th of July parade, which we are the capital of the state and we need a 4th of July parade. <laughs> Following that, we will convene on the North mansion block for a movie in the park just to bring all the families together. Um, and then on Sunday, we will start everybody off with an all-faith service to start your day on a good note. And then maybe not so healthy of a note, we do want to hold a horseshoe competition, both the food and the game. Um, we'll also have some other just recreational sports out there. We already have these shenanigans lined up to bring in some wonderful music that evening and convene the weekend with a wonderful fireworks show downtown in front of the state capitol. So that's an idea of just some of the things that are going to be happening. Uh, and they're looking for matching dollars. I believe uh, up to $40,000 is going to be used for this, for the JCs to put this event on. Uh, but uh, one of the questions is, are they going to be coming back for repeated requests? The, the idea is a self-sustaining framework within three to five years, really depending on weather for that three to five. Um, but definitely not coming back for $40,000 next year. That no, is not you. our plan. Thank you. <laughs> All the best. So they did share, like, you know, their, their recent history. They had a fireworks show ready uh, in, like, 2016. It got rained out, and a few other things didn't line up as they wanted. And then you had the pandemic, and it's just been a rough time. So uh, they're hoping that uh, some seed money can get them back going again. But Alderman Redpath chiming in on this as well. What's the difference between this and Lincoln Fest? <laughs> <laughs> they don't know Lincoln Fest. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> they don't know Lincoln Fest or Drinking well, Fest. Lincoln Fest was the deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember Lincoln Fest. I know of the the. <laughs> I should probably open up the phone lines. Uh, I know of the. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I, I I know of the legacy of Lincoln Fest uh, and uh, the 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 history where people it was just uh, drinking fest uh, is what I think they called it and well things got uh, got pretty expensive uh, here's again Alderman Redpath because basically it was uh, uh, the city services alone were enormous yeah. and if you guys factored in the cost of police fire and public works into that yes they have the majority of our police fire and city services are included in that logistical aspect we also are looking to um, specifically find groups to partner with which will provide additional security um, because we know that the there is a police shortage right now in this town, and we don't want to overwork them any more than they already are. So we are looking at other aspects. Um, so they'll uh, look at volunteers, but of course they'll make sure that they get the paid uh, police and security uh, where it's needed, like blocking off anybody from riding into the uh, fireworks display, for instance. And you don't want to necessarily put that into the hands of volunteers. Um, Alderman Redpath again chiming in here. Uh, you know, that's this is something that we need in the city, especially downtown right now. So uh, we're cheering you on. We just hope it works. Now, as far as the funding mechanism here, $40,000, uh, Scott Dahl with the Tourism Bureau, he uh, kind of lays out how that's going to work. 
Yeah, so the number, the 40,000 number came from the ARPA dollars. We had a line item in there for a destination event, so that's where the 40,000 came from. What made it appealing for the JCs is that they were bringing to the table another 27.5, so they were having matching funds with it, which is really what the CV Advisory Board has really been trying to get to is some kind of a, a matching scenario. Uh, and also, Alderman Hanauer as well, the CV Advisory Board considers multiple years and how long that we're funding events because they want them to be self-sustainable. Absolutely. So, uh, again, I think uh, looking forward to the event, seeing how it comes together. Uh, they gave initial approval last night. Final approval is next week. Meanwhile, of the dozens of ordinances, there were several dealing with police equipment from uh, you know vehicles and equipping those vehicles and so on. Here's Police Chief Scarlett and uh, Alderwoman Conley going back and forth. I do not. I know that uh, a majority of them are currently on the lot at uh, in Greenfield in my Brothers Ford. Uh, from that point, we have to outfit them, and I'm not sure the timeline on that. But we actually have a physical sighting. They've been seen. Allegedly. That is correct. Allegedly. We needed all 40 of them about well, a long time ago. Yes. So, yes, uh, we, we call them uh, with regularity to, to speed up the process. Okay. So a lot of cars need to be equipped uh, and so on. Uh, kind of uh, interesting to see just uh, the process play out that way. Meanwhile, you got another ordinance up for consideration of the dozens that were uh, brought up last night. By one for Rebcor LLC doing business as Cleek located at Leach at 411 East Washington Street. All right. So uh, is it click? Is it Cleek? Is it the click? Is it cliche? I don't know. I... <laughs> It was said over and over again by different people. Uh, but uh, a new bar downtown looking to get a 3 a.m. liquor license, and that opens up a can of worms. Uh, we hear about this debate over 3 a.m. liquor licenses quite a bit. Alderman McMiniman chiming in. And um, we've seen a big transition down. By the way, this isn't worded this way, but this currently Clique has a, a, a 1 a.m. license they have in their own right. And what Clique would like to do is basically inherit or they purchase <coughs> the rights to the 3 a.m. license which Station House had, but Station House um, no longer exists because we're tearing down the building among other reasons. They had a fire there before that. So uh, McMiniman just has concerns about the having 3 a.m. liquor license establishments downtown when they're looking at trying to get more residential. And I think the 1 a.m. Is, is fine and, and very good, but uh, the 3 a.m. I'm worried about uh, this would be a 3 a.m. for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. So his concerns, uh, he's just really worried that uh, it could cause problems with uh, the, the goals of getting more people to live downtown. Poise impact um, of, um, you know, cars starting up, car doors closing. Um. Yeah. Uh, here's uh, Alderwoman DeCenso. But second, is Click considered an alternative bar? Okay, so you are, is there, are there any, someone, uh, come, come, come on up. So they uh, head up there, and uh, DeCenso continues to ask her question. And I can just ask this while you're on the way up. Are you pretty much the only gay bar in town? <laughs> okay. All right. We're providing a safe space between 1 and 3 a.m. for that community is the goal. Just as Station House did for many years prior without any issues. And that's why I'm fully in support. Thank you, Alderwoman, and thank you. Um, I like to dance, so uh, there aren't many places to dance Correct. from 1 to 3 a.m. in the city. And I appreciate I see uh, Ryan Bandy back there. He's seen me in action. Um, so, yeah. so thank you. <laughs> 
Is she is all the women in the Central able to stay up that late? I know I can't. I mean, I did when they were in session, but I was not in a dancing mood. <laughs> um, God, I can't stay up past like eight or nine o'clock. It's pretty bad, guys. Uh, anyways, uh, all the women purchase is totally on board. They have been asking since I've been um, in this position, and I'm in. I'm in support with Kristen that they that's a safe space for everyone to be at, and I don't see an issue with it. Now, uh, Alderman McMiniman still uh, chiming in here and uh, having some problems with, uh, with the name of the establishment. Yeah, I think um, the city uh, supports the clique. Um, click. It's called Click. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> and then it continues. In summary, nothing against the click. I think um, it's, it's, it's um, did I do it again? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> sorry. You know, growing up I learned to, to say uh, garage the British way, garage the American way, and garage the French way. But at any rate, um, I won't say anything more. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll end it there. Um, oh, boy. All right. So then that was like two hours plus into the meeting. So obviously people are uh, getting, you know, a little tired little uh, ready to go. So, all right, we got a few more things we got to get to uh, from last night's meeting, and uh, we're going to skip the discussion about holding pool companies accountable for not installing pools quick enough. Uh, there's an ordinance about uh, the homeless situation. Uh, we'll talk about that, and then we'll also hear from uh, uh, Teresa Haley uh, about uh, a variety of things. So stay tuned. That's next here on Springfield's Morning News with the Council Roundup on WMAY. All right, uh, an additional segment of the Council Roundup up here on WMAY brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Thanks for everybody reaching out and commenting either on Lincoln or Drinking Fest or others just saying they're they're listening. Uh, thumbs up. I appreciate that. On 92.7 WMAY Springfield's News and Talk. Let's get into now uh, the ordinance about uh, homeless and uh, whether or not they can jump in the middle of traffic to try to do some panhandling. Uh, an update here from Jim Zirkel. But addresses solely the uh, safety concerns about about interaction of pedestrians and, and automobiles who are actively uh, uh, operating on a uh right-of-way or roadway so it takes away the uh, the speech element and makes it more of a safety element and we'll see how well this does in the uh, full council next week but alderman gregory wants to just caution not to be too heavy-handed it's just i i get the rule and stuff and i get the discretion but you know i just hope and i and and i plead to our our chief and i know he's hearing me that that we will preach discretion i i, I don't want to see a bunch of tickets for, for our homeless people because they wouldn't be able to pay them uh and uh you know he says that uh them, them panhandling is, is the only way they can eat in some instances. But Alderwoman Conley said, listen, it's important that we don't just focus on this ordinance, but we also put out messaging to the public that they, uh, you know, we're very generous. People donate to the homeless uh, on the streets, and uh, there's other ways to help, uh, funding some of these nonprofits like Helping Hands and so on. Uh, so there's different ways that you can help uh, those who need wraparound services. Now it's time for uh, citizens addressing the council and Teresa Haley, the local uh, president of the and the state president of the NAACP. She's there to address the city council. As I look around this council, I was so excited to have three black people on city council, three women on city council. But tonight, my heart hurts. She talks about, in particular, what happened with Calvin Pitts and that $400,000 they were looking to possibly let for a, a program for training young people to get into the building trades, and that was tabled. I don't see any growth. 
I see the city council looking at three different black men from three different environments and pitting them against each other. Why come we can't have three black men doing the same type of work reaching out to our community? He's dealing with the homeless population. He's dealing with people who are returning citizens. How many of you are hiring them? How many of your companies are giving them the opportunity? And she continues. It's amazing that all of a sudden tonight that letter appears for you all to take action and to bring it up and not giving him the opportunity to say, okay, well, if you owe it, we're going to give you so many days to pay it. But we're talking about $400,000. We're talking about 20 black and white men, young people and older people who no one else wants to employ to be given an opportunity. How do we, when you drive past the east side of Springfield, who do we see? White constructors, contractors, doing business in the city of Springfield, but black men are standing on the corner waiting for an opportunity. So someone wants to train them, but you don't want to give them $400,000? Think about $400,000 and 20 workers. The difference, the impact that that could make in our community. Now, uh, she also wanted to address the uh, alleged racist cop that uh, splashed across national headlines uh, last week and the week before. A police officer was on the force for over 18 years. Jewish Federation, black folks, people are concerned. People receive threats all the time, but we don't bring them to city council. We handle them internally. So I was able to call a meeting, first time in history, and Chief can talk about that, to bring the chief of police together, to bring the state's attorney together, to bring the attorney general together, and the U.S. district attorney, because this is a serious matter here in Springfield. And I'm hoping while you're attending all of your other meetings tomorrow that you decide to stop by the Unity Summit because unity comes out of community and we expect more from our city council. So that's your council roundup. We had some other comments there at the tail end from the mayor who was supporting Calvin Pitts. Uh, But we'll see what happens ultimately with that proposed idea. Are they going to bring it back in front of the council under a different way?